Studios. I want to give a big shout out to all of our sponsors. Par Hopper Golf Apparel, Two Pilots Distillery, Nobles Networking, Project K9 Hero, Mega Knife Co. on Instagram, Grid Iron Coffee. Shout out to our folks up at Creative Vets in Nashville. They're not a sponsor on the show, but I absolutely love what they do. Please go look them up and make a donation if you can. Uh, also, big special thank you to Mr. Bruce Thompson, a friend of the show, who's running for Labor Commissioner here in Georgia. Uh, y'all please get out and support my guy and our management company and distribution company red circle thank you for a little change in my pocket last night me and dustin had fun bullshitting with you guys today it's all about the music and uh so the whole goal of this today is for you guys to kind of get an appreciation for what dustin has put into acquired taste and um all the hard work and many hours of all the fucking things that you do yeah and uh yeah there you go and so we're going to talk about a couple of the songs. He's going to play those songs. And then you guys are going to go download not just whole acquired taste album, but all of his music and uh, share his stuff on social media, please. That's it. That's all you got to do is tell them to do it and they do it. Uh, well, if they like you. Ah, uh, well, that's going to be the thing because I'm in the acquired taste. Ah, oh, ha, 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 10 songs on the album it's people ask me all the time so what's this song paul paul i'm like it's not a song it's i love my, that you did that by the way yeah so my grandfather gets to do the introduction and the outroduction if that's a word of the album outro outro yeah yeah so uh but but the only way you can technically have that on there it has to be a track yeah because otherwise alabama clay would start off with him speaking and then alabama clay plays and then you know when you wrap up the record so yeah, I love that you did that with you, with your granddad. I save all his voicemails and stuff, but I know, and my grandfather's getting older, and it, it, you know, life is inevitable. But I save all those voicemails. But I know one day, you know, your phone's gonna, you're gonna lose them. But that's crap out. I, that's yeah. something I always have. You know, that's cool. I'm glad you have it. Uh, you're gonna make me get upset. You no, fucking I'm sorry at, about that. Yeah, you're good. You're good because you see. Took me down on emotional. So this is why I'm glad I wasn't drinking. Yeah. yeah this is why we said, well, you know what? We're going to have fun last night. Bullshit a little bit. And then we're going to do this today. Uh, so kind of talk about the process real fast and how long it took you. Because I know that when Acquired Taste come out, you made like this long post and everything. You've worked towards this for a long time. Kind of tell them a little bit of the background and everything into it. And then uh, we'll get into the songs. Well, when I first moved to town, I don't think I really had a goal. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Pull your microphone closer. Get closer to the microphone? Yeah. Okay. So when I first moved to town, I didn't really have a goal, so to speak. I just knew that I was going to be writing songs. I was going to try to get some recorded. I was going to try to make some money doing that. And everybody knows that the music industry's changed. We do a lot of streaming now. Songwriters don't really get paid like they used to. And I kind of got there right as CDs were going out and streaming was coming in. And uh, then once I started getting songs recorded by other people, I realized that like I really enjoyed being on the road and playing shows. And as you get out there, you first start writing songs, and you're you're starting out writing songs. You just kind of want to use it as therapy. You want to talk about what you want to talk about. Then you realize when you get on the road, you really got to get stuff that people are into. So you got to find that happy medium between what you like and what they like and what gets the crowd going and that kind of stuff. So um, this record really, though, was – what I wanted to say it had nothing to do with anybody else. Like I don't, I didn't even concern myself with if it was going to be super popular, if it was going to be uh, life changing or any of that kind of stuff. All it did was change my life. And that's all I cared about. And it was everything I wanted to do, everything I wanted to say. And it took 10 years of 
figuring out how I wanted to say it the correct way and then do it the best we could. And, you know, getting to Nashville, having all these other songwriters help me and my, some of my best friends. Uh, they know me. They know what I'm into. And then production-wise, Jake Curry's been with me since day one. He knows me, knows what I'm into, knows the different influences. And it's just an all-around, like, compilation of me, I think. Uh, I, it's my favorite thing. Uh, I like you kind of like raw and acoustic, but I like everybody that way better. But this right here, not to, not to if any of the rest of my friends are listening, don't get fucking mad when I say this. I've played this one a lot. So like, you're, you're the guy that's I'm the guy that's giving you. you all the streams, yeah. Thank you. So, like, even on the way to the beats last week, like, I wanted Macy and uh, Emily to know, like, kind of what they – to get a vibe of you. The acquired taste gives off you, yeah. if that makes sense. Like, I wanted them to kind of have an understanding of who you were and the kind of music you were going to play and what they were walking into. And it just is a great representation of you. Well, that was the goal, and uh, like I said, I just feel like I have this weight off of me now. Now I feel free a little bit, um, not only musically, but just emotionally, spiritually, everything. I feel like, okay, you've paid your price, whatever it was, the guilt or whatever, your sadness, happiness, whatever I've been toting around all these years, I feel like I'm done with that, that at yeah. least that part of it. And like I said what I need to say, and now I can go on with life and create music and be happy and play golf and fish and hunt and try to make people like you better people you know That's what oh, yeah thank you thank you <laughs> you remember what you told me at the beach you was like i don't know how we got this subject but he's like i hope you get so famous one day that you don't have my number anymore yeah that you don't have to return my calls and stuff that's the that's the goal i saw a meme the other day it's like we help each other on the way up but once i make it you're on your own <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's that, like no doubt yeah no that's doubt. not happening with us that's definitely where, where I go, you go. Where you go, I'm fucking falling behind. You're going to have to put me in the in the trailer van or whatever. Well, that's the goal, too. We don't want a trailer van. No, well, you know what I'm saying? We want a bus. <laughs> you think Lee Tucker's going to get in a van? No, he's not. I think he's going to have a choice. He, he's like, these ain't leather seats? We're not going to start. Yeah, we're not going to. This ain't about Lee. Because this will go right down the road. It went last night. Well, uh, out of the... Out of the 10 songs that are on it, I know we're going to do, what, five? Well, you said you were going to pick the top five. Top five, okay. I want to start off, I know we've done Alabama Clay on here, and everybody likes Alabama Clay. They know the story behind it. You've told it on here before. Yeah. Uh, Garth Brooks song, original. I think it's badass that you got to cut that, especially being from Alabama yourself. I know it means something to you. But the next one on the album is Half a Heart. Right. Half a Heart, ever since you showed it to me for the first time, like uh, before you even came out with the acoustic session album. Well, that's a badass song. Well, that's what's crazy is we recorded this during the pandemic and we didn't want to get out, put out the music until we could go out and tour and do the do the whole thing. So we ended up doing the acoustic record just because the world didn't actually open up like we wanted to. We wanted to really make sure we were able to get out and do stuff. So people have kind of got a taste of it, but this version, I mean, just the production and stuff, like it really does It's jam up, dude. Yeah. Well, and I remember you saying, like, don't put out horseshoes and hand grenades. Put out half a heart. Oh, yeah. And I was like, no, I'm going to save that one for the record. So Yeah. Uh, horseshoes and hand grenades, I mean, of course, I love it. But half a heart just, it hits you. It hits you right in the guts. And uh, and I kind of left it. I've had people say, like, well, I don't get it. Like, I, there's, like, two people in this. And I'm like, that's the point of half of a heart. You, you, know? can't, you can't explain some stuff to dumbasses. Well, I get it. <laughs> yeah, that's all it's supposed to. It's the only thing that's supposed to make sense. Uh, well, let's go ahead and start with that one then, if that's cool with you. Half a heart. And uh, you know, we'll break down some more of them on here, but it kind of gives the listener a chance to, you know, if they haven't heard it yet, give them a little taste, give them the tip, and then they got to go download and listen to Acquired Taste to get the whole thing. Sure thing. So this was uh, this is one about falling in love young, and maybe you got it right the first time and just still found a way to screw it up. I am royally good at that. Me too. It's my superpower. Half my heart's in a classroom teaching math Somewhere down in southeast Alabama 
Trying to solve the problems it caused in the past Half my heart's in a classroom teaching math Half my heart packed up and drove away Thought a brand new start might be what it takes To get up and get over yesterday Half my heart packed up and drove away And the other half it stays drunk The other half it stays high Just broke itself to pieces And it's never gonna understand why When you lose something that good It never works quite like it should It goes on beat, keeps on needing the other part Oh, half heart So there's a little taste of that one right there for you. I love that one. Uh, that's one of those, I'll tell you, I always judge a song by, and it might be the worst way to judge a song, by how much alcohol I want to drink to a song. Like if That a is song, actually, that's a t-shirt in the making, bro. It, like, if that's if that song makes me want to drink, or if I'm already drinking and it makes me go buy another shot or chug what I've got, it's a damn good song. Every time I hear that song, it's like I almost have to have a, a drink in my hand. Well, you know what's funny is, uh, as a songwriter and as a anybody, at, we've played these songs so many times, we're sick of them because I think I wrote that song back in like at least 2018, if not earlier, and. I remember the day I wrote it, I know exactly where I was at, and I don't get tired of playing that song because it's just kind of like a, it's a happy and a sad reminder of at least you know what real love is and you know it's out there and it can happen again. So Well, I always say to people, because uh, heartbreak comes up on this show like a whole lot, people get my opinion and stuff on it, imagine that. And uh, I like the fact that something when it's over with, I want it to hurt as bad as it did, as good as it felt when it was going on. That's and a good way to put it. And that song, because otherwise it's kind of fake. It feels like it's pointless to you. That pain might linger and it might fucking hurt, but at least you know whatever you went through at the time was real. Yeah. And it's been a long time since I felt something like that, and that's what I try to try to tell people when I see them, uh, friends of mine or something, and they're thinking about, you know, what's a, what's behind door number two? You know, everybody wants to, you got to grow and you got to experience things and I, you know, but sometimes you just get lucky and get it right the first time and that feeling doesn't come around all the time. And uh, that's the only thing I try to tell people is like, if this, if you're already hurting just from this right here, maybe that's a sign that you're probably with the right person. Yeah. I think, yeah, I agree with you. That, yeah, I could said it better. Uh, yeah, that one makes me hurt. Yeah, that, but like a good hurt. It's like that happy reminder that it happened. But at the same time, it's just like maybe I should call her. And then you look down at her Facebook and like, oh, this bitch been married for five years. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely well, missed my chance. At least you had a good enough sense. Like I'm gonna send this to him, and then you're like, no, I'm not, because I know I look first. Yeah, I look first. There's about two or three. Well, there's about two. two. I sit there and wait. I wait, and I'm like. This bitch's marriage is going to end. I know it's going to end because there ain't no way they're happy. I can just tell from the outside looking in. Second that shit goes on single or complicated, or I'm going to complicate it more. <laughs> complicated is still an option on Facebook? I don't know. My <laughs> I remember that when it first came out. You could put complicated, and that just that that was your get-out-of-jail-free card. You could really do what you wanted, but not really, but... Yeah, it's complicated. And then somebody said, what's up? He's like, it's complicated. I'm pretty sure besides, ever since I've had Facebook, I'm pretty sure only for like a month or two, it's said anything but single. Like it's never been like in a relationship very long. For business purposes, right? Uh, yeah. We'll go with that. You can't whore if it don't. <laughs> <laughs> you can't misbehave if they're like, oh, it's complicated. It's or, theatrics, sweetie. It's theatrics. Yeah. It's like, that's all I got to know. Uh, speaking of theatrics, um, back in, what was it? January, February, March, April, beginning of April, I came up to Nashville and you played a show at Live Oak, right? Right. Uh, full band. And you had already showed me this next song on the golf course. And I knew the second I heard it, I was like, this is a fucking banger. Like, I love everything about this song. 
And then you played it that night. And I'm sitting at the table with uh, some of my friends from down here, uh, old girl from St. Louis, and everybody. And when you played Same Devil, Different Demon, or, yeah, Different Demon, it's just like, it was a fucking, it's, it's so good. Everybody I'm, at the table was just like, I'm really right. proud of that song, dude. Like, I'm really proud, too, that I got to ride it with my friends, Elmer Knable and Jake Green. And Jake Green is such a bluesy guy. Like, I knew he would be good for it. And then Elmer's such a creative guy. Like, he was going to say all these crazy things, you know, because we're literally – I don't know how many people in life – I can get past one thing, like whatever I'm hooked on this second or whatever my vice is, I guess. Yeah. And then after I'm done with that one, there's another one. And then it's like – because, you know, there's always that one little bad angel on that shoulder telling you what to do. I wish there was only one. Yeah. <laughs> What's that that TikTok sound that's going around now that everybody's using? Uh, my favorite type of weed was uh, cocaine. <laughs> like, that's what this when you say that. When you say that, it's like you know what? Uh, I wish I just had one little one little demon. Well, this just this was this song's about. It's about uh, you know kicking habits and picking up other ones. You know. Yeah. So here it is. Same devil, different demon. My rear view so I can't see Your eyes staring back at me Seems like every crossroads I come to I'm always running into you On a church pew, on a bar stool You're on me like a bad tattoo That devil's riding right on my shoulder He's there come hell or high water Taking his time, messing with mine the ultimate master of disguise I'm putting down the pot I'll be picking up a cigarette If it ain't a bottle It's a redhead in a blue dress Temptation we're facing Is the same as the Garden of Eden Same devil, different demon I'm gonna go ahead and do another verse of that one These fallen angels know me all too well they got the right lies to tell I was lost from the moment I was found I gave up and you took me down No escaping, you're always waiting Even hearing all the prayers I'm praying at Devil's riding right on my shoulder He's there come hell or high water Taking his time, messing with mine the ultimate master of disguise I'm putting down the pot I'll be picking up a cigarette If it ain't a bottle It's a redhead in a blue dress Temptation we're facing Is the same as the Garden of Eden Same devil, different demon Yeah, dude, I love that shit I knew when you first played it for me At the golf course Dude, it was a, uh, every now and then you just get lucky and that's one of those days man we just everything went right and it was like yep that's what i was looking for this that's that's grown uh, number five on there which i don't think we're playing that one is cause for a drink that is just like the summer fucking song that is that is such a good time song and uh that needs to be a tiktok sound honestly it is it is Oh, yeah, you've already been doing them. Yeah, but yeah. what yeah. I'm saying is it needs to be a viral TikTok. Uh, we need every girl and dude out there with a bush light in their hand to be doing that. Well, what we'll do today on the golf course is me and you will make one together, but we'll just take – because I figured somebody was explaining something to me the other day about, like, TikTok sounds for songs. You're just supposed to take, like, like maybe, like, a five to ten-second clip of it. You're not supposed to post the whole thing. It gotcha. slows down the traction gotcha. of it. So we'll pick, like, the best line that's available on there, do, like, a cheers or something stupid to it. And uh, The fact that we're grown men in our 30s having to think about how to make videos. Marketing. Get, I know. It's just it, – when you, I saw – the other day – not no, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the other day I saw, I saw some grown-ass men that I consider successful in country music. Yeah. And their label is telling them they gotta get, they have to get a TikTok going. Yeah, and I'm like, that means this is the way it is. Yeah, well, I sat outside with Mark and Baker the other day, and I I explained to them 
that where I think that marketing, if, if I was somebody who owned a marketing company in Nashville, I wouldn't pay for billboards anymore. I wouldn't pay for, uh, putting like maybe not even doing like radio tours even though i think you kind of still got to do that what i would pay for is i would literally get an influencer i would get one person that let's say this like dimps dimps has been on the show in nashville everybody in nashville is having her like follow them around priscilla that nate guy a lot of folks what i would do is i'd get one influencer and that hundred thousand dollars that it takes for a billboard or whatever monthly to advertise I would make that influencer their salary for the year. But what I would do is I would just attach that influencer to one artist. Okay, so what I'm looking for now is an influencer yeah. who needs a tax write-off. Yeah. And I'll be your tax write-off. And you can follow me around. And, uh, you know, you help me, I help you. Yeah. Well, thank But you really, you're helping me. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, though, they get content at it. They get to go really cool places that they normally wouldn't get to go. They get to go be around live music all the time on to something there brother because we i do have a pr team and we do it the traditional way like um and i'm their first musical artist they they mostly represent um chefs breweries things like that they stay in their lane but they wanted to they're they're helping me and they're also kind of learning as they go on that but we are doing it the traditional way and uh it has its benefits and stuff too but like like you said exponentially you can just it takes one one video like the guy wearing the uh, the overalls doing the dance. Thing. Oh yeah, that, that dude literally gets hired now to go dance for people. Yeah, if if I was somebody that could pay to market an artist, that's what I would do. I would literally find an influencer. I would be like, look, this is your monthly salary. Try it out for two or three months. And All right. So shout out to any influencers yeah. interested in uh, working with me. Yeah. Holla at me. Let me think about it. If they're around you all day all day for the majority because i don't have it in me to do it but yeah. that's their job yeah so that's their thing they're gonna take the videos and i just get to be me and they'll just make it yeah and they get to produce content for themselves that is different than them just sitting at their fucking house dude seriously find me find me i'll give you my cell phone number right now on the air i'm getting calls all in anyway yeah Okay, yeah, but that's gonna... that's where I would do. All right, so calls for a drink. That's what that is, though. Okay, that is a good damn that's time. A good song. That's a song we wrote with, with the intention of we wrote it specifically for Blake Shelton back when I was working for his producer, and it's been on hold since 2017. And I know one of my co-writers isn't very happy that I released it, but I was like, dude, it's either going to be my song or it's going to be his song, and I'm tired of waiting. So it can still be his song. So shout out to Blake Shelton. Cut the song calls for a drink yeah why couldn't it be i mean i it i mean every single person i've ever pitched it to in nashville they're like that is a blake shelton song it needs to go to scott hendrix and i'm like he has it he tells me it's sitting on his desk and they're just waiting for the right day but who knows well maybe maybe next album uh and then you got title track horseshoes and hand grenades was right well i get the the lyrics in there it is the theme pretty much first time i ever heard that Loving a man like me is an acquired taste. I wanted to punch you. <laughs> I wanted to fucking hit you. Because I was like, that is the smoothest shit I've ever heard. I absolutely fucking love it. And then when you just break down the rest of Horseshoes and Hand Grenades, it is just a fucking jam. Thanks, dude. Proud of that one. A lot of people are proud of it. Uh, I got to see you break your guitar at Whiskey Jam to it. Oh, yeah, man. That was fun. That's a great scar on that guitar now because, I mean. Is that from that? That's the, yeah. I actually busted the top of my guitar because I was beating my chest. And that was a lot of stuff going on. I got to let out a lot of motion that night. and um, I'm beating my chest, and then I just miss my chest completely and beat my guitar top, and I crack it. I broke it. But, you know, it, it's going to be a great memory, and it's always going to be there now. That's a great scar. Yeah, it's fixed, and it's good. Love that guitar too. Glad you did. It's pretty Gibson. Uh, we're not doing, not playing horseshoes and hand grenades because we played it. You played it on here several times. Um, then you got. I love this one. This one right here. I put. I made one of the videos when he's leaving the beach to this song, the Captain Morgan Monday morning. Oh yeah. This is a fucking jam to me. Yeah, man. Um, it it wasn't. It's one of those that's like a surprising title, like a. It wasn't even supposed to be for me. It was supposed to be for this cat Hayden Kaufman, who's he's really killing it on the uh, like the 
college circuit and the uh, TikTok game. He's doing really well. Um, and he's like a young, up-and-coming, high-energy artist. So I was invited to write with him and Steve O'Brien. Steve had this idea for Hayden. He wanted it to be a fun song. And I don't know, Hayden really wasn't feeling it. And, and I was just like, man, what if this ain't a fun song? What if this is, you know, a drinking song, but not the fun kind of drinking? So Yeah. Well, give them a little bit of taste. A little of taste that, of this. Because right I love here. it. Make sure I'm not messing up stuff here. I've wrapped myself up somehow. It's okay. Lord have mercy. Be careful. Don't break your guitar again, buddy. Again, buddy. All right, this is Captain Morgan, Monday morning. I take tequila on Tuesdays with tacos and lime. Reserve Wednesdays for whiskey on ice. Thirsty Thursdays, I throw them back with the boys on the town. And have a few at five Friday, right when I clock out. Cause I drink when I want to, and when I want to drink. The reasons I want to, and yours ain't the same. I can play it off, and shake it off, make excuses every night that I'm pouring. Except those Captain Morgan Monday mornings. Mm -hmm. On my day off, I cut the damn lawn, then I turn on the game. I kick my boots up, stir the strong stuff. Hell, it's Saturday. I drink when I want to and when I want to drink. The reasons I want to, yours ain't the same. I can play it off and shake it off, make excuses every night that I'm pouring. Except those cats. Then it's Sunday brunch buffet, bloody Marys and champagne. My hands shake as we fold them to pray. And what can I say? I drink when I want to and when I want to drink. The reasons I want to, yours ain't the same. I can play it off. And shake it off, make excuses every night that I'm pouring. Except those Captain Morgan Monday morning. Mm -hmm. I take tequila on Tuesdays with tacos. Banger. Banger. That's as close to Keith Whitley as I can get. You know what I mean? As a writer and as a, you know, and obviously who don't love Keith Whitley? Uh, if you don't, don't like Keith Whitley, you don't got to stream my stuff. It's okay. And uh, the words of Blaine Bunting. He always said, somebody will ask him to play something when he's on stage or whatever, and uh, he'll end up playing something different because he's Blaine. He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> that's my favorite thing coming right up baby <laughs> yeah it's something completely different that the person requested and um he'll be like well if you don't like that you probably like kicking puppies damn lee tucker Peter. ah probably brought to you by aspca that's Damn. like the that's like the uh, police for people that hurt animals Lee Tucker is definitely on their radar. <laughs> you know, like when you go buy a gun, like FBI gets a ting. <laughs> every time he buys a dog. Every time he has a dog, he gets another point on his license. <laughs> All right, off for Lee Tucker. Uh, we should tell him about the dog going skydiving without a parachute. That's another story. For another time. 
Uh, Leroy and the boys. <laughs> Only he would name a goddamn dog that had Lee in the title yeah. of it. He already changes every song that has me to Lee. And now it's like, I can't even share the spotlight with my dog. He told me the other day. He told me the other day. <laughs> some of my friends are here for uh, CMA Fest. And I was like, hey, do you, you know, you know the, this girl. She needs a place to stay just Thursday night because their Airbnb's booked the rest of the weekend. They want to go a day early. I'm like, you care if they come up there? And he's like, the bitch ain't going to do nothing but touch my dog. No. <laughs> Bitches it. love my dogs. They don't love me. <laughs> no, and Goodwill, he got that dog to get girls. Uh, anyway, got, we're off of Lee Tucker. Gotta like, get oh, out no, the seriously house. though, save that name for the next podcast. Leroy and the boys. Leroy and the boys. That's good. We got to get him on here now. Um, all right, the next one is it's me again, Jesus. I love the story behind that. I think you've told that on here a couple times. You want to yeah. give my brief knockout of? Yeah, that was a. I wrote that song because I literally, it, you know, it's kind of t- it's funny. Kind of things tie together. Calls for a drink was supposed to be cut on the Blake record right after he got a divorce from Miranda. And last minute, you know, my life's fixing to change because all you need in Nashville, you get one song recorded by a major artist, much less a Blake Shelton. Once you get a song recorded, all of a sudden all your songs are good. Everybody thinks you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Everybody wants to be your buddy again. And my life was supposed to change. And comes time to cut, and I go talk to him about it, and he's like, Man, we're just going to go a different direction on this record. We're going to pass. And I was like, I was okay with it. But now everybody else is asking, you know, what happened to that song? What happened? Well, I thought you were going to get this cut. And everybody in town is so full of shit. I don't mean this in a bad way, but everybody in, in music, and especially Nashville scene, is just full of shit. It's like fake it till you make it. And nobody ever I'm not it. full of shit. Like, yeah. I, I, that's my problem. Like I, I, I don't can't. think it's your problem. I think that's why I mean you get along so well, good. I, a lot of good, people, a lot of people don't like bad. the truth, and I don't know how to do anything but tell the truth, and it don't work out sometimes. But now I look like a guy that's been full of shit for six months, and not only is that it's not getting cut, my life ain't changing. I go to this festival, and I just get way out there. It's called Calf Fry in Stillwater, Oklahoma, I believe. Or anyway. Great time, except now I got to drive all the way from Tulsa back to Nashville, and I'm going through it. Like, I don't know if I had a heart attack or a panic attack or whatever, but I was d- coming off of a bad weekend, and I was like, Jesus, if you can ever get me back to Nashville, I will never behave like this again. And I kept that promise all the way until last Sunday after <laughs> after Memorial Day, <laughs> and I felt it again. But Yeah, it's me again, Jesus. is just, you know, we all do that. We all make, you know. We say those prayers and we 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 make deals with God and um, that's what that song's kind of about. But um, it made number one on the uh, Sun Country Countdown the other day, and that's it? based out of Dothan, Alabama, and it's getting played a lot every Sunday. So I'm proud of Speaking it. Speaking of that, your little brother Chase Chase, Chase, Chase sung it at church. church. Yeah, man. I mean, it's a good song. I hate I hate that I have to tell the story behind it, but it's the truth. And I, that's another thing I've tried to do is. Uh, like I said, I, I'm I'm fallible, I'm flawed, I'm a sinner. We all are. And uh, that's just, I mean, I have my relationship with God and everybody else has theirs. And I was talking to him just like me and you sitting here driving on that road. Like, just get me home. Please I, get that, me home. That's some of the best conversations I've ever had, though, the ones I needed to have. Like, when I left Texas in, in February or January, whenever it was, on the way back home, I had a lot of shit on my heart. I'm telling you, like, it was crazy. And you, you'll know exactly where I'm talking about. I don't know the name of the town, but it's when you get in Louisiana, from going from Texas back to Mississippi, and there's a big cross next to the road. Huge. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the name, but it's I know what you're talking about. It's huge. I literally sat there, and I was just like, Lord, I'm just putting this stuff on you. I don't know why I'm feeling this way, having, like, feeling this type of way about stuff or whatever. And uh, it wasn't five minutes later. That big cross was right there. And then there was a song that came on the radio. It's called Through the Fire. I never had heard it ever. I was listening to a local country station because uh, I was tired of listening to my music and podcasts at the time. And this song, in the middle of 90s country, they take a break and they play this song Through the Fire or whatever. And some of the best things that I've ever heard has just come from talking to God and like and just having that same conversation you did. And it's it's always, I don't know. I just I relate to that one a lot because I've been there. 
Well, I, I've been I've been on your side I'm of glad, it. I'm glad, and I hope I hope that through through what we come up with, you know, it is a little reminder to people you can always call on him. You know yeah. what I mean? But don't call on him until you're ready for an answer because he he's gonna uh, give he'll you give one. you one. He'll he'll hit you in the damn face with Might it. Might not be what you wanted, but he'll, nah, give he, it to he'll you. hit you in the face with it. Um, the next one it took me a little bit to get the next one, but when I finally got it, I realized what she's talking about the whole time. The um, myself, Willie. I, okay. I, okay. It took me all the references in it. Like I didn't get some of them. Were you stoned when you were listening to it? There's a good chance. Well, I don't know if being stoned helps or hurts. To be honest with yeah. you. Well, I uh, I was not a Willie Nelson fan until I got older in life. So there's still a whole lot of Willie I don't know. I got you. Yeah. So like Willie's that uh, like acquired taste. Yeah. He, you got to. And a get, lot of the songs in there are not necessarily songs he made popular but he was the songwriter yeah so uh so for the backstory on this song is smoke myself willie is about a man who finally gets the house all to himself and he's gonna go out in his garage he's got his little stash and he's gonna smoke pot and play willie nelson songs it's good i got a little bit of it but i had to for the reference i got to play it at lukenbach that oh did you yeah when i was in texas i got to play it at lukenbach and people went nuts like I was that made me so happy, and I didn't I didn't even know I was gonna get to play at Lukenbach. I just thought I was gonna go through, check it out, yeah. you know, say I've been there, take a couple pictures. And this guy said, "Is are you a player?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "We well, get up here. That's what it's for." And I went and got my guitar. And the next thing I know, I've been on stage for like an hour just trading songs with these. Just they let anybody up there. I mean, uh, cowboy poets, singers, songwriters, cool, anybody. Dude. And it's just a place to you know share your art, man. It was great. That's, that's awesome. I didn't know that. You hadn't told me that yet. Yeah. That's cool. Um, what I always knew. Yeah, that was a – I couldn't play that one for you if I tried to. Like, I, there's no really? way I can make it through that song. Um, I remember uh, when we wrote that, I wrote that with Jake Green and Elmer also. And uh, I just told them, I remember I remember it's, the, it's probably the most hateful but honest thing I've ever said to them. I said, I wish I never met you guys. And I and Hurt I, so bad? I was saying that as in I wish I wasn't here writing songs. Like yeah. I wish my plan I had when I was 17 years old worked out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as hateful as that was, they, they looked at it, they're like, we get it. And, man, they helped me through that song. Like literally there had been a flood at the property that I take care of, and I'd been driving my truck through like three foot of water. So my truck got really dirty. Water got inside the cab. I'd been cleaning it out. And when I was cleaning it out, I found these letters from the per the 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 girl uh, that I was with when I was seventeen years old, like seven pages of letters. And I sat down and I read those letters, and I just like like ten years of my life, I just tried to forget about. Just yeah. all came back. Oh shit! And, the, and I was so mad at the younger me. Uh, and I found a cigarette. Like literally everything in the song really happened. Like I found a cigarette under the seat. I don't smoke cigarettes during the day. And I just found a cigarette. I don't know how old that stale cigarette was, <laughs> but I lit it up and I read those letters, man. And it was just like a, it went full circle for me. Like I had to, I had to forgive myself for making that life changing mistake, but that's what that song's about. But it, like I said, those guys, they, they, they carried me through that. I, I would tell them what happened and they, that's how songwriting co-writing works. Well, they that's did. a tearjerker, though. Oh, it is. I couldn't get through it. If it, I had, a, if you asked me right now to play it, I couldn't get through it. Well, I'm not going to. Good. Um, and then one that me and you, I know that I really like this one. Everybody I play it for, they really like it too. Take the good with the bad. It no, really sounds no, like when take, you sum, just take the bad with the take good. the bad with the good. I'm dyslexic. That's bitch. okay, buddy. Well, but it's a disability. It's not your fault. I know. I can't help it. But when you sit here and you hear you explain your whole album. And you hear the stuff you've been through and everything. There's a reason why I thank the world of you and the reason why all the rest of your friends do too and everything. But it seems like with this song, it kind of sums up just the title on it anyway, the whole rest of the album and everything that you've been through the past 10 years it with was, music. It's a great way to wrap up a record. Like you can't, that song can't be anything but last. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like a bridge of a song. It, it, it has to be the final nail in the coffin and... and in a lot of ways, that's what this song is. I mean, uh, I've always tried to be as honest as I can um, about my mistakes and uh, things like that. And 
I am who I am. I, I've always said I'm not a I'm not a role model. I, I appreciate the fact that people may look up to me or young kids may say like you know maybe I help people or stuff like that. But I'm not the way to do it. If anything, I'm the way not to do it. You know. But it, but is that not kind of the same? Yeah, the well, see, I, I disagree with you. I, there's you don't get unless you go through the shit that you've gone through. What I've gone through. We don't get to talk to people. We don't get to help people. You don't get to write the songs that you've been through, like that you've lived, that are going to resonate with somebody unless you've been through those things. So it's kind of hard to sit here and say, hey, don't use me as an example. If anything, I think you use you as an example. Just do the opposite. Of some things. <laughs> yeah. Of some things. But for the majority of it. You know, and that's Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. But for the majority of it, though, you've got to live. You've got to make mistakes. you got to fuck up. In order to write the things that you write, every song that man you sit here and lo- hell last night, man you rocking out to fucking some Hank Senior, like those songs had to be lived for them to connect with us. If you don't live those songs, you don't make a connection with somebody. Well, I think too that's why I'm more proud of this record than the rest of them because the rest of them, <clears throat> I was just throwing stuff against the wall. I know that they were you know decent songs, well written songs, but I don't think it was reaching people cause they didn't believe it. Yeah. And, um, I'm, I, maybe that's the kind of singer songwriter artist I am is I have to do the real ones that are to me. Otherwise it doesn't resonate with people. Well, that's the same thing with this show is people like this show because I'm real and it makes a connection with them. That's the same thing with your music. When you play it's me again, Jesus, or you play any of these other songs, and it actually has a real connection with somebody. That's what I've been trying to get folks to that's coming here to do shows like this forever. The listener is going to be obsessed with you afterward, after this. And they're going to want to go listen to your whole catalog because doing this has made them invested into you. Right. It's gave them a little bit more insight into you. They know now that how many times have you heard something on the radio and you heard that person singing it and you was like, this person didn't fucking do any bit of what's in this song. Like, and you don't want to listen to any more of their music. You don't want to be a fan of them. Yeah. It's different when somebody has actually lived it. You know they lived it. The coolest thing about fucking the Outlaws and the Highwaymen and all the songs that they sang and all the guys that mean you like from back in the day is because you know they were doing the shit they were singing about. I ain't getting this gray hair in my head for no reason. My buddy told me the great line the other day. He said, it ain't the year, it's the miles. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you got that right, brother. That's a hook right there. <laughs> I, I'm write that down. But no, that's what, you know, and what's funny, the story behind this song, I had been playing down at Floribama, and I think I did four days down there, and Floribama's a great place to play as long as you can behave. It's just hard <laughs> to do. And uh, I got this really great picture that Stone took uh, of mm, all people. I know Stone. And, and man, Stone, did, he made some of my music videos back in the day, did some great album artwork for me. Um Anyway, Stone took this great picture of me smoking a cigarette, and it's just a silhouette, and it's a badass picture. And uh, I posted that picture after playing Floribama, and I just did the caption, I'm pretty tired, I think I'll go home now. Well, my partner in my publishing company, who happens to be my aunt, she's the financial backer, and she owns my catalog and all that stuff. Yeah. And we have, like, an agreement, you know, like, she's sort of, like, in the management side of it, and she helps with everything like that. And she just did not think that was a good picture and she let me know asap take that you should not be you know promoting smoking cigarettes you have all these kids that look up to you you have all this and that and other and i just called her i was like whoa 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 i can't pretend i don't smoke cigarettes sometimes because i do and i can't tell people how to live life and I can't go on in life acting like I'm a goody two-shoes because that don't work. No. Nobody likes that person because no. that ain't real. No, when you put yourself up on a pedestal like oh, that, is- people think that, like, oh, I'm looking better to people. No, you're putting yourself up there, and it makes you look like a fucking moron. Well, then that's what I told her. I, and, and, and don't get me wrong. I get where she's coming from. Yeah. Cigarettes are bad. We all agree. I don't. I try not to smoke cigarettes anymore. Um, I have enough trouble with my voice as it is. But... Um, God, if they weren't bad for you, I'd smoke them all the time. They're great. I've never, I've, I've only smoked like three cigarettes my oh, whole life. Man. That one cigarette after a long, hard day is the best. Anyway, long story short, I just told her, I said, you can't reach people being full of shit. And that's you me. Can't. That's me. And people need to know that. And I was like, you know, you got to take the bad with the good sometimes. And 
it just bothered the hell out of me that I took that picture down. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have because that was me. That was me taking down something that shows flaws and stuff like that. And I was going to write that song with my buddy Jarrett Harkness because he is one of my favorite songwriters. And I, I, for, for some unknown reason, Jarrett and I don't have a song on this record, but the next one we're going to have a pile of them. But I called him and I told him the story behind him. He's like, oh, yeah, man, save that for me till Monday. And I couldn't. I, I, I wrote that song in my head all day Sunday, and I had that song wrote in like, by when I sat down and with all my ideas, I knocked it out like 30 minutes. Damn. And uh, it's just the truth. And I just, uh, I'm going to play the whole song for you on this one. And well, that'll wrap up the show. That'll wrap it up. Well, dude, I want to tell you, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you coming to the shows, bringing people and everything you've done to help me because I know we're friends, but a lot of times, man, sometimes, um, especially in our business, people just, you got to go where it's hot. And I'm not hot right now, but oh. I appreciate you trying to help me. And uh, always being there, it means a lot when you – I've played some empty bars before, but, you know, it ain't never empty if you're there. So, I appreciate it. Man. Well, like – Don't cry. You, I'm Don't not, cry. bitch. You know I'm a crybaby. Your music resonates with me. I have a connection with your music. There, it's more than just like us being friends. It's I believe in what you do. I believe in a lot of our friends. But there's something about the stuff that you play that it's me. Like every story you tell – like, of each one of these songs, there's a little piece of me in it. And I know if there's a little piece of me in it, then everybody that listens to the show, there's going to be a little piece of them in it. Because they like me for me being me. And those songs, I know they're not wrote about me. I know that I had nothing to do with any of them or whatever. But when you hear your music, it connects with me. If I if it didn't, I, I mean... We'd play golf and stuff. That'd yeah, be about it. That's yeah. great. Yeah, but like, I, I can sit there and I can actually listen to your stuff. And I, in the way that I sit here and I listen to some of the old drinking music that I like, I got you because it is is almost like hey, it's the story about me. Well, I appreciate that, dude. And uh, again, thank you so much for not only what you do for me, what you do for everybody else. And I know you're a little bit of a you know you're a black sheep, but asshole, hey, you got to have one of them in the herd, son. Hey, I'm fine with being. I want to stand. I want to stand the fuck out. <clears throat> well. Like it's, you say, you got to take the bad with the good. You got to take the bad. <laughs> <laughs> this is a song about smoking cigarettes. I didn't care if I got caught With that pack of smokes that I'd bought Riding around with my windows down Showing everyone in town That I'd been misbehaving and misunderstood But you gotta take the bad with the good And we were hauling ass to PCB Blaring at ACDC on a highway to hell back then Some black and white redneck best friends We were misbehaving and misunderstood But you gotta take the bad with the good Cause a sinner and a saint Can sometimes be the same What is right on which side you're on and misbehaving may be misunderstood but you gotta take the bad with the good and I met a girl I liked in school she talked me into a Sunday pew in front of God and everyone in that town Hell, I'd been misbehaving and misunderstood She took the bad with the good Cause a sinner and a saint Can sometimes be the same And what is right and what is wrong Just depends on which side you're on Misbehaving may be 
misunderstood Took out a tank band with a gun There I heard the words the choir sung About a father, son, and holy one In a place called heaven I'd misunderstood they take the bad with a gun With a gun He takes the bad with a gun With a damn song yeah man we wrap it up with the choir singing hallelujah and stuff man it's, it's awesome i'm proud of that one you ought to be uh folks y'all go download acquired taste uh dustin heron's new album go look up all the rest of his music too there's several other really damn good gems in there uh and the rest of his catalog go uh follow him on instagram snapchat all that good stuff at dustin heron music and uh eddie's attic saturday Yes, thank you for that, reminding me of that. I almost forgot about it. Not forgot about it, just forgot to put it in the show. Dude, I get to play Eddie's Attic. That is a historic jam-up venue, Decatur. Miss Lindsay Hinkle, you know Lindsay. Yep, She is Badass. a bad one. She is a good, hot mama going to rock it out. And uh, we're going to be there, what's the date? The 11th? 11th. The 11th. Yes. This Saturday, the 11th, y'all can look on all of my social media pages for the links to buy those tickets and we're gonna try to sell it out we'll have some new merch there i'm gonna open it up for Lindsay, supporting her i'm gonna do a 30 minute set and miss Lindsay's gonna rock out the rest of the evening so y'all get there early get you a table and we'll be done with that and uh me and dustin staying in atlanta that night oh yeah so y'all come out come party with us come have a good time listen to some damn good music and uh i don't know maybe some of them get in trouble with us later on call they don't have ptsd go go ahead yeah, no, that's over with. Go ahead and store <laughs> go ahead and store Bail Bonds number in your phone and come find us and let's go see what Atlanta has to get into. Absolutely. Thank y'all for listening to the Josh Terry podcast. Me and Dustin will catch y'all in Atlanta on Saturday.